Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 20th, and I'm your host, Jorge de la Cruz. Changing things up a little bit, joining us from Billings, Montana, musician, trophy husband, Colin Dunham. How's it going? And listeners, we actually have a special guest joining us all the way from Houston, Texas. From no, I'm sorry, Houston, California, not Houston, Texas. It is Dirty Daryl D. Arnold. What's up, what's up, everybody? <laughs> so, so listeners, so Daryl is a, a dear friend of ours, and when I when I was a youth pastor in Bakersfield, he was the a pastor at a Methodist church here in town, and uh, we became best friends at that time. It, and now he, Daryl, serves as a senior pastor in Houston. Not to there's no T in there, Houston, California, or uh, and. We're excited to have him on the, on the show today. Unfortunately, Chris couldn't make it due to uh, scheduling. But, dude, we're excited to hear. Happy to be here. And I, I should point out, I was a youth pastor at the same time that Jorge was. So that's how we got to know each other. Uh, we were both friends. And Jorge and I became friends because Jorge showed me where to buy $4 nachos in Bakersfield. That was our first oh, yeah. mandate. Oh yeah, we I took you to that to the meat market that that also sold food, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Back when things cost four dollars. Okay. So Daryl, I have I have a <laughs> I have a huge update. And I wish Chris was here for this. Okay, remember the remember the taco truck in Bakersfield at Pachuco? Yeah. Okay. I almost this. got a I almost got a reckless so... driving ticket driving to that thing. <laughs> I to, I told you to hurry your ass up, dude. Like. He should have been there. And and listeners, let me tell you something. Daryl is, and still to this day, he watches what he's eat. He, he does paleo, and, and he has a strict diet. But if there's That's anybody bullshit. that I don't can do get paleo people to anymore. break their... Oh, whatever. You watch what you eat. Am I wrong? No, I don't. Am I wrong? Dude, don't? I'm sitting here eating... I'm sitting here eating a bag of tortilla chips with a Tostitos queso from a jar. The fact that you say Tostitos queso just makes me just as a Hispanic, it's really funny. No, but 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 but, but hold on. But going back to the taco truck. So remember El Pachuco, right on Ming and Chester. Yeah. So I'm at my co- I'm at my company's holiday party or Christmas party yes last night, and one of our guys from Fleet comes in, and his girlfriend. I'm like, oh hey, nice to meet you, and she's like, hey, where do I know you from? Like you look familiar. I'm like. Um, I don't know. She's like, did you used to come to the truck? Like, which truck? El Pachuco? Oh my gosh. What's, oh my God. What's your name again? It was, and I think her name is Diana. I think I totally forgot. But Diana, the, remember the girl, the Pachuco's daughter? Dude, that was her. Small world. Wild. It was wild. Like, and I asked her, how are you? Like, is your dad still doing the truck? She's like, yeah, my dad still does the truck. And then my mom opened up a Mexican restaurant. And she and read, you ready for this, Daryl? She says, "We have a California burrito on the menu because of you, and because I, San Diego the California burritos are the thing, right?" So when I moved to Bakersfield, nobody was doing them, and so I went to the taco truck and they made California burritos for me only on Wednesdays after church. Me and my boys would go, that, and that was the spot. Well, they start now. California burritos is a thing, and it's blown up, and it's all over the place. And a lot of people are doing it wrong, by the way. It, 
they're doing it. I, I, and I think we've talked about yeah, it in the podcast. In Montana. Yeah, yeah. Especially in Montana. <laughs> Colin sent me a picture of their California burritos, and it's disgusting. But anyways, they opened one up, and like they they have the burrito because they remembered me, and so it's on the menu. I'm like, wow. Well, I feel so that special. That's incredible. Is it called the Dela Cruz? No, no. It, it better be. not be. I, I, it needs to be just be called the California <laughs> burrito, period. I do not want have, anything have, like that. No. Have Have you tried it? Can you verify its authenticity? No, I, I look, listen, it's not going to taste good. I'm, uh, I mean, if it's the like, same, I'm going to go and try one, it and I'm going to support them because I like their food, but it's not going to taste like San Diego. You cannot get food that tastes like San Diego. Jorge, the California burritos at that place you go to in San Diego are not that good. Shut up. You know, you're pushing my buttons and I'm not going to take it from you, Daryl, because you know that that is the best. That is the best thing you've put in your mouth. The place, Don't even lie. The place in Oceanside. I took him to the one in Vista. Okay. I can make so a better one, one in my house. We usually go to and we shut the fuck up, Daryl. Stop pushing my buttons. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> no, no, All right, we're moving on. <laughs> Daryl knows how to push my buttons, guys. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, back back to it, guys. It's Christmas time. How's shopping going? You guys got everything? I went yesterday. Um, to do like stocking stuff or stuff. I'm like trying to branch out a little bit because I usually like, like my wife loves to take baths. So like I just get her a bunch of bath stuff and she loves it. But I'm like, I don't want to just be like the, you know, all right, here's some more bath stuff. Do you, do you have like a tub? <laughs> so yeah, she's got like a big old tub with um, like those, uh, like the little tiny jets at the bottom, oh, not like nice. the, the big ones. Um, yeah, it's pretty so nice. Is, is it a standalone? Is um, it yeah, a standalone? I went, I went tub? And got stocking stuff, or is it like a? No, it's it's built it's in. Built in. The... So could could you just go get her like yeah. a big piece of wood or whatever to use like as a like something? So she want to like be on her laptop or whatever, like or book or something. Some candles. <laughs> she has one of those. I got. If one she of wanted those. to eat. T- I got one of those for her birthday. Oh, good, good. For her birthday. Yeah, she's got. In one In case of those. she ever wanted to eat like some uh, tortilla chips and some. <clears throat> to- Tostitos chips with salsa, like Daryl. <laughs> yeah, she's got one. She's got one of those. But um, yeah, yeah. I went. I did, I did some, some stocking stuff yesterday, and then, like, we're not doing like a huge Christmas this year because we like just got like a a joint gift for each other, and then like we'll do like. Was the we'll was the, the joint gift the PS Five? Yes, sir. Nice. Daryl, what about you, buddy? Are you done with all your shopping? I haven't even started yet. We got oh, we got buddy. all the we got all the the Santa Santa stuff for like our kid. But as far as like my wife, I haven't even started yet. But I have I have the links to what I'm gonna get her. So I'm gonna get her like a Polaroid camera that she wants. And then um I just found Hold on, it. hold on, let's let's hold, hold, hold on, let, hold on. Let's do we need to, to stop that because this is coming out on Wednesday and I don't know if she'll listen to it, but don't <laughs> you also don't want to give it away. This. Okay, she's good. not gonna listen to this. Yeah. And then I'm also gonna get her the uh, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole, the vinyl. Um so Ooh, that she can open open that and listen to it on Christmas morning. Um so Are you gonna put it like ideas. tape it to another box? So that it doesn't give it away no. that hey it's a vinyl. No. 
just put it in like a huge box. We'll it'll we'll be lucky. No, we, I mean, uh, it, we'll be lucky if it gets wrapped. Wow, no effort, Daryl. That's just that's just real, dude. Dude, do you I mean, even I, know? I, I mean, I get it. It's like it's even, like oh hey, oh you don't even know what my week looks like next week, and I'm still in the midst of finals. I still have papers to turn in, so I don't even want to hear it. I have to preside over three services next week. Yikes. Yeah. Three, that's not oh, I'm sorry, man. Okay, Mr. <laughs> I go to a mega church where Kim Walker Smith sings. <laughs> it's not a mega church. It is. It's a big how many, church. How many Kim Walker church. Smith sings there. It's got to be pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. But, um, how, what, it's definitely well, how, a mega, a mega Combined church. attendance. What are we looking at? Uh, all three services of the weekend, probably like I don't even I don't even okay. know probably like there's like two two thousand across that's a mega church, all, buddy. All, all, all three that's services. A, a if it's two thousand or oh, above, it's a mega church. Even a thousand and above is a mega church, but I think that's I think that's I think that's that, going that's to a mega though. church, but. But to, to be fair, like Kim Walker Smith is not like on staff there. She's just she's on the rotating worship list, right? Like with you, like it's yeah. like awesome. Well, I have so much shopping to do still. I got my wife like a main gift, and it's not a big gift. We're not doing anything big this year. I got one of the things I got her like it's not really a gift, and she knows about it. I got her a vacuum, and I told her I'm not going to get you a vacuum, but she really wanted a vacuum. That's an amazing gift. So. You know, I, I got her a vacuum, but that's not like that's. Is it the Dyson from Costco? Hell no, dude! I can't afford that. It's five hundred dollars. <laughs> it was on sale a few few weeks. Yeah, ago. for five hundred dollars. No thanks. It was like three hundred dollars <laughs> off. I'm like, no. I got like this knockoff version that was normally one hundred and fifty for seventy five. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. We'll try it out, and if it's not wow. good, then I'll return it. Wow. Um. Yeah. What do you guys? Um. I mean, you guys are pretty like you're into toddlerhood now but um like we're just doing like cardboard boxes and wrapping paper for our son this year honestly i should um, do the same is that what you guys did no we got him like a few little toys if like listeners if you want to get anything for my son just get him clothes we need uh four four <laughs> t stuff my kid's huge i take that back i think katie wants to do like it's not like it's not the name brand one, but she wants to do like a like a version of the Nugget Couch for him because he's just like that's all he wants to do all day long Dude. is climb on everything. So Costco has like a knockoff version of it. I don't know if you've seen it, and it's pretty decent. She found one at Walmart that's like like a hundred dollars cheaper than so what so is. so we got a Nugget, and before we bought it. My co-worker, my old coworker's wife, was telling my wife that apparently there is, and I can't believe I'm saying that there is a group on Facebook called Nugget After Dark, where parents get to talk about things they do on the Nugget, which I think is kind of disgusting because that's where your kid plays. That's horrifying, right? Right. But she was telling me that she was telling my wife that there's a group on Facebook, Nugget After Dark. Okay. And I'm a fat dude. I don't even want to go there. 
Nugget after dark. Anyway, oh man, that's like instead like it's like instead of like nookie, that's it. You just replace that word with nugget. <laughs> they, <laughs> I do it all for the nugget. You do what you gotta do. <laughs> all right. Um. So like, how? So this year for for our little guy on the scale on the scale of one to oh go ahead oh, Daryl I was gonna say for this year for our little guy we did the uh, so we got him it's like a it's a little car it's called like a coupe a mini coupe uh, and they propel you like propel it mm-hmm. with your feet uh, and so he, we got him like a set of keys for it a gas tank for it um, shut up yeah dog that's t- that's cool and. Uh, a little car and then he got a few other little things but that's kind of his his big gift that we got him and we think he's really gonna like it oh he's gonna but, love that dude yeah Chris, so you were talking about santa do you guys like do you guys do santa or like here's like you're like oh like you know here's your one gift from santa or do you do santa claus and then oh mommy and daddy also get you also got you gifts as well yeah so we do like uh we don't actually celebrate Santa. We have a happy birthday Jesus party. And so all of our stuff is wrapped in birthday wrapping paper. And uh, we don't have a tree or anything. We just kind of have like a cake and uh, just celebrate Jesus's birthday. Awesome. Nice. Happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry, your party was so lame. <laughs> yeah, that's Office totally reference. BS. Sorry. I just made that up. We... We do like one Santa gift. I was like, I was like, thank, wow. thank God. Oh. <laughs> in my brain, I was like, oh, I've, wow. I've had family Sorry. members that, that have done that. I had, I had friends, I had family members that have done that, and uh, my like, my sister was like on this like huge religious thing where she did like Happy Birthday Jesus thing, and, and we had a I don't know what she about, but like our her brother in law. It was their Jehovah's Witness, and they don't celebrate birthdays and stuff. So when they sang that, they stepped out of the room. <laughs> like they're like, we're not, like, we're, like we're not going to participate in this because we don't celebrate birthdays. But I mean, come on, not even for it, Jesus, not even for Jesus. Come on, <laughs> it's so funny, dude. I was I was dying. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to any of our Jehovah's Witness. Listeners, if we have any, I doubt we do. JWs, what up? I love your Marriott's. Um, well, cool. <laughs> I love your Marriott's. <laughs> All right, listen. All right, listeners. We have a new segment today called "Well, Ain't This a Pickle?" Now, this this segment is going to be like a hypothetical question of a, list, a couple of hypothetical questions. And so, first question: You find yourself shrunk to the size of a thumb. How will you navigate the world around you in your new size? I'm pretty sure I would just slink like a worm, dude. You know, because your thumb, like, your thumb, like, bends, you know? So you could just, like, scrunch up and kind of... No, you're just the size of... You're you're, you're just the size of a thumb. You're not a thumb. You're not actually a thumb. Oh, dude, it would be... That'd be straight up, like, honey, I shrunk the kids. (laughs) Well, uh, uh, what was that movie that just came out recently um, with Matt Damon? Life size was it? No, 
Was it life size or fun size? Was it a life size? Wasn't that like in the nineties? Life size? Maybe. Um, what was that? No, yeah, you're right. That's you're it's right. Got... That's the one with that's the well, that's the one with Lindsay Lohan and Tyra Banks. Yeah, yeah. Shrinking. Oh, uh, shrinking. Yeah, it's like it's like the like the no, it's not. Like I don't the think it's that like, either. That's, shrinking's in, I think it shrinking's, is shrinking's the Apple the Apple TV show, Matt. Oh yeah, you're right. Damon. Okay, well whatever. Anyways, um, but it's like like in that movie like like the world is like failing and Downsize. resources are dwindling. So downsizing. Downsizing. There you go. Um, so like every everybody is uh like you sign up to do it and everybody is getting you know shrunk down to essentially that size. Um, you know, to like help with, um, you know, waste and pollution and, um, like consumption of food and all that kind of stuff. So like, but like in my mind, I think of, I don't think of that. I think of honey, I shrunk the kids. So it's like, you know, the world is just huge around you and you got to like adapt and, like do you care about trying to get back to normal size or do you just kind of like like this is cool so is this like the movie like it's the question basically like the plot of downsizing where like hey you're gonna have us your money is now worth this much and you if you choose to do this because if that's the case man i'm not gonna lie i haven't actually seen that movie okay <laughs> but... so the plot of the movie is like <laughs> i know the plot like okay this is how much you make in a year right well here's what yeah. you do is it wasn't it like a dollar's worth like a thousand dollars or something ridiculous because everything the cost of living is so much less and so yeah. he does it and his wife is supposed to do it and she doesn't do it so he's like in this new world <laughs> and he's like well i'm gonna live my own life now and look if i find myself like first i have to let's just talk about that for a second how like how how do you feel if you're <laughs> Like you just do this and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. Like have fun in your, your shrunken life. But it's like, why wouldn't you do it? Like if everyone, if all your friends and family did it, like why wouldn't you do it? Now you're just being weird because. 100%. Like I feel like I would 100% do it. Number one, just because I feel like being small, especially if other people, like if everybody else is like, if I'm not just the only one. Like if everybody else is doing it and that's like how the world is changing, like I just feel like that would be so fun. I feel like like this, everything's just huge around I feel you. Like it's and the movie, uh, it's it's like it's like I feel like that's what people think when they move to like Texas. Like I can afford this huge ass house with all this land now, you know. Like like that's what like downsizing is. Like we're just gonna go to Texas where everything's bigger and we're just smaller. But you know, I I would do it in a heartbeat. Like I'll do it, and the first. Or if I, but like I have to live in that world with where everything else is small, or else it doesn't really work. It's not beneficial. If like if I are you gonna are you trying to like tame an ant? Yeah, that was the thing I I was thinking about that whole time we've been talking about this is if if I get shrunk down to a size and ants are like bigger than me and I have to worry about them, uh, I am not interested in that like at all. Like, uh, don't, well, if you're the size of a thumb, if you're the size of a thumb, I guess an ant wouldn't be, wouldn't be bigger than you. So it would be probably be like your dog, like your dog. <laughs> yeah. Still. I don't know that I'm interested in that unless there's like, 
you know, massive, like, unless everything else is, like, big, too. So, like, you're small, but you can order a cheeseburger that's, like, 20 times your size and try to eat the whole thing. I wouldn't like, do I that. That's epic. I might be no, down for I would something never like do- that, but... But as far the, as like just the, being small, and then the animals and the ants and all that stuff, yeah, homie's out. I'm not down. Yeah, because dude, I'm gonna get stepped on. Let's be honest, you're gonna get trampled. And then, like, but then like, I feel like what happens? Wait, like, wait, wait. Did you you're... say? Did you say you you want to get stepped on? No, no. What happened if I got stepped on? Like, I get trampled on. Like, I wouldn't uh, want that. But I, like, I feel like I was gonna if say, I'm sh- if you. Like getting stepped on—that's a weird. If it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Look, man, <laughs> have I gone on front, on Feet Finder? Yes, I have gone on the website, but it was really to figure out how to set up an account for myself. So to see if there's like I can corner the market with my toenail fungus. Like I feel like there might be like a place for me there. Your massive calluses. Yes. Hey, look. <laughs> when I got married, my wife. When I went on my honeymoon, I went and bought pills for my toes not for that and and within two months uh two to three months almost all my toenail fungus is gone so all my toes are normal now (laughs) it's truly a miracle it's awesome it is truly truly a miracle but with that being said it's like it like look if you're downsized you have to live in a world you have to live in a bubble like you can't just leave the small world and like go into a big world. Like, I feel like you have to be stuck in quarantine there. Yeah. I mean, I think, isn't that what happens in that movie? Like it's like a whole separate like colony with those, with the small people and they have like infrastructure for it. Say that again. I said, isn't that how that movie goes? Like they have like, yes. infrastructure built for the small. Yeah, people. there's like there's like probably just some park that they're all living in. <laughs> like, oh, it's big enough for everyone, guys. No, it's, it's probably like somewhere in Montana. You know, it's like, like we just need two acres. We don't need anything bigger than that, and that's gonna be enough for. <laughs> it's gonna be enough for like five globes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that sounds fun. Like, I would a hundred percent do it. Like, it would just be, like. Especially if it is like, like we have our own little like, uh, not ecosystem, but like, or just own little like place that we are, and uh, yeah, I'll have like a like an ant for my dog. That'd be cool. <laughs> Why not? I'll, I'll, I'm taking I'm taking my picture with me. I'm shrinking my dog. That's coming with me. It's gonna live there. <laughs> or I'm sure my dog would kill me. It would eat me. Had he be shrunk? Yep. Um, cool. All right. Hey, what, we All got right, another let's question. Mo- let's move on. We, we got another quick question. So, you you wake up with the ability to read minds. How do you decide to use this new power ethically and responsibly? First of all, I'm not using it ethically or responsibly. Oh, so um, am I. I'm, I'm using it to my advantage. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent. Like, okay. I guess like do we I guess we need like parameters around this. Do we need to be near the person to read their mind or do we need to yes. like can we can we like cerebro it? No, bro, like... you got to be near them. That's weird. That's already weird okay. that I can read mind. Now I can um, think I can read somebody's mind across the world now. I, 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 well, cuz I was going to say like okay, like I I got to like 
you know, travel all the way to the White House and read Joe Biden's mind or whoever's president at the time. Yeah. But here's the thing. You're, you just read it. You're not controlling it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, it's just so like, hell, like, like I'm really trying to broker a deal or something like, OK, what is he thinking? What am I thinking? All right, cool. Let, well, hey, why don't you do this? Or, dude, like, I know I know you cheated on your wife last night. Blah, 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 and then like. Blackmail the bitch. I think. I think. I think I would straight up twilight that only shit. Only like financial. I would. What do you mean twilight that? That's in the book Twilight. twilight. That that is um, the main character's like secret power is he can read minds. Col- and so Colin can read minds. Yeah, and <laughs> no that's shit. honestly why he falls. That's why he falls in love with the girl is because. Uh, he can't read her mind, so he doesn't know what she's thinking, and that's part of why she's attractive to him. But everybody else, he can like read their mind. So he can I wouldn't like, want to read Kristen Stewart's question, mind either. Question: Was this in the books or is this in the movies as well? It's in both. I don't remember that. Don't. It's also been like yeah. fifteen years, and I and it's definitely. Wait, wait, Daryl, did did you, did you read the books? I did. I read all of them. Okay, including okay. the the ones that, that have come so... out including the ones that have come out recently and any of the extras that came out that's why they call them dirty there's G. been recent twilight books yeah so like a couple of years ago well maybe it was last year or something she released uh the author released it's called midnight sun i think and it was like twilight oh, from yeah. oh, it was twilight yeah. from edward's perspective and then a yeah. couple of years before that, she released a book that was the story of Twilight, but the genders were flipped. And so, like, the main character that was a vampire was a so girl. Bella's the vampire. Was a girl. And the, like, klutzy, uh, need a hero type mentality was a guy. Uh, it, was, it, was a strange, it was a strange read. Dang, so uh, learn. I I did not know that about you, Daryl. You're a Twilight nerd. Yeah, that's what that's part of. It plays All Dirty right. D. <clears throat> Anyways, enough talking. Anyways, about pe- what people? Yeah. Are. So back to back to this. Yes. Uh, to be fair, I would totally use my powers and my ability to read minds for my own personal gain, one hundred percent. So, did you guys ever watch the show Heroes back in the day? No. So no, I know Hayden I never was gone on to that train. Yeah, she was, and so there was Katie. My wife Katie loves that show. Yeah, so dude, heroes, I I loved that show, and people all around the world discover they all have abilities of some sort, and one of them was reading minds. And one of the things that they talk about was like he would you read minds, but then he would also he learned how to hone his power to eventually control people's minds, and he started like incepting people and stuff. So, I would totally work that out, dude. A hundred percent. I'm not afraid to say it. For me, it would like only be for financial gain. Oh, hundred percent. Like, Power, finance, yeah, everything. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'll be very honest. Like I would have to. I feel like I would be like a like a sport like a um, sports almanac type oh, thing. Sure. Like it's not necessarily the it's not necessarily the future, but like I don't know. You find someone like higher up, and you, you know. Oh, what are they, you know, what are they thinking? Or, you know, I know this, you know, conspiracies abound about, 
you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the blackjack table. Is it rigged and blackjack table? You know, the dealer yeah. can see one of his cards. You know, like or like I wait, he, can he see both cards? I don't even. I, I've never really played blackjack. I only when I go to a casino. I don't know anything about those type of games. I don't know, but I'm totally reading minds. In blackjack, you can you can see both cards, but the person you're playing can only see like cards two through five or whatever it is. Because if you get to five cards and you don't bust, you automatically win. Well, cool. Like, uh, all right. So Daryl, he um, it's kind of a last minute guest, uh, so he doesn't have. Um, do, you, do you have do you have, do you have a topic? A Daryl, do you have like a news article or something? Like current event story. We didn't we didn't tell you to have one, yeah. but, so it's okay. It's just some random like current. It could be any like current event that's taken place. Yeah. In the last. Uh, yeah, it could be like. It could be funny. It could be Otani, you know, whatever. Important. Can we talk about how bad the Cowboys game was today? Did you guys watch that, or did you follow it at all? Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch it, but I heard about how Dak has basically like taken himself out of the MVP race. Yeah, <laughs> like, he dude, was never. He, I don't think he was ever in talks for it. I don't know. He was. He was. I mean, like, he's been incredible the last the like last, four or like, five weeks. Four or five weeks. But today they were the Dak. The Dak Prescott Lynn sanity run is over. Yeah. Today they were just they were just awful. And that that's from the perspective. What was the score? It was like thirty-one to ten or something like that. And they they scored a touchdown like right at the end. You know, yeah, it was like the last wow. five minutes. Yeah, so I have Dak on my fantasy team, and he got less than ten <laughs> oh. points. This so you guys remember how last year they had that weird thing that happened during the Bills and the the Bengals game, where like the game got canceled. Yes. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I would have. I probably would have won our league last year, had it not been for that game. And I think I finished second. So yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Anyway, so that was my random story for the day. If you haven't watched the highlights from the Bills Cowboys game, uh, you should definitely go back and do it because it is just bad. Like they they did not even look like they were on the same level. The Bills just they looked love to above see and beyond love better better than the Cowboys. And that's that's from a Cowboys fan who hopes with all his heart that I'm watching them in the Super Bowl this year. But based off what I saw today, it ain't gonna happen. They probably they probably lost the number one seed today. Alright, well, that's your um what are we even doing here podcast? What are we even doing here? How's a sports podcast update? Um, so my story is pretty funny. Um, as the three of us know, you know, the world's kind of crazy and, you know, politicians, they don't, they don't, they don't just suck in America. Um, whole world's got messy messy politicians that don't really know what they're doing so in paraguay an official was fired for having dealings with a country that doesn't exist what do you mean what's going on (laughs) so um 
So a senior Paraguayan official was fired this week for signing a cooperation memorandum with a country that he has since learned does not exist. So essentially, this country that was named the United States of Kailasa, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, it, it was presented to him as a South American island. And essentially, like, he did, like, de- like deals with them. And uh, with, I think, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure with, like, actual people involved. But the country does not exist. So he, he was... Um, he was let go. He was fired because, you know, how do you, how do you, uh, with the, you know, with the internet, I don't know how, I don't know the internet situation in Paraguay, but, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how you really, how you mess that up. <laughs> so I'm reading here um, that it was the agriculture minister was fired, the chief of staff to the agriculture minister, because he signed a document that that portrayed officials from the United States of Kailasa. What did you? How do you say it? I, I said Kailasa. Kailasa. I'm, yeah, assuming which I'm, that's I'm, how pre- it yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Presented to him uh, as a South American island. That is funny. Like, what does it mean? Like, isn't that hilarious? Did he sign money. Like, what did it? It was just a document that, like, oh, dude, you just you just BS'd it and just signed whatever. Yeah, like it's a it fake fake officials also met with the minister so like i think he was just like he was just punked so like the people were like hey let's just get this it's kind of how like one time i remember seeing how somebody called the white house pretending to be someone important i think it was oh i think i think somebody called the white house pretending to be kevin mccarthy Saying, "Oh, I need to get a hold of the president," and they got patched through to a cell phone because he was at a rally, and he got, he got through to, to Donald Trump. No, way. Uh, or it, or maybe it was before it was, he was still a candidate, but he somehow he got, he got like maybe it was recently during twenty twenty, where he was able to get through to him. Like someone just like called the, so the White House number and just got through. I didn't even know. Like, is the white? Is that just like? public information you can call the white, the white house, house yeah number. yeah you can call the white house okay you know, we should we should do then, that on a podcast and see what happens <laughs> should we just start another podcast where we just prank call people it's just crank calling important uh offices in the I world i feel like there was a tv show about this <laughs> i don't know what it is <laughs> so anyways that i just thought that was hilarious like this dude was just straight up like punked I mean, by, I, 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 like, I, real people pretending to be fake people from a country that doesn't exist. Technically, we've if we learned and, anything from from this, it's the, in the last podcast, someone pretended to be Jewish and lied about a bunch of things and was elected to the U.S. Congress. So anything is possible. Anything is possible. That is true. That is true. Um, you talking about our buddy George? Yes, see episode three, Santos. Yes. yes. George Santos. Um, Did you guys hear that uh, Kevin yes, McCarthy's that, I, retiring? I just... Yes. Yes. Ooh, praise God. And and, uh, I, and I, I kid you not, Daryl, I literally thought about running. 
I legit thought about running. <laughs> I'm not, I, I swear to God. Because George Santos... As a representative... Oh, yeah, as a, why not? Dude, if George Santos can get elected, I mean, why, not? why can't I run? Like, I, I think if half of these people that are representatives can get elected, why not? Why not? Like, Let me just try. So I, I, I legit over. looked into it, and you want to know why I'm not... Well, Biggest reason is Kenzie well, doesn't. Too much Kenzie doesn't want me to do it because she doesn't want to live in DC, like, like <laughs> she doesn't want to go back and forth all the travel. But she said she did say in the future if you wanted to, you could. You know, let's stop having kids and then we can look into it. But where I live, I live right off Seven Standard. I'm technically not in the in the district for Kevin McCarthy. He is not my congressman. Hmm. I'm like yeah, because you you're in Sha- you're in Shafter. Yeah, I'm, the seventh standard is the divider, and I, I live like two football fields north. <laughs> two football fields, the only American, the only measurement that Americans accept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all right, well, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, I'll just be quick, guys. Have you guys ever gone to the library? And or, or recently? Yes. And like, re- like within? Not recently. Not not recently. When was the last time you guys went to the library? It was a while ago. Our, I don't know. Our, probably early high school. Our library okay. has apps that we can use to download ebooks, and the library that is on that my school, my seminary uses, is all online too. So I don't ever have to go anywhere. I just have digital access to all the books. Okay, but 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 when was the last time you physically went to a library? I would say like probably nine months ago to drop off some kids books because my wife takes our son to use the library to check out like kids right books my, and for story my wife does the stuff. same thing. It's cool. It's a cool community thing. So check this out. I read an article where a book was finally returned to the library after fifty four years. Fifty four years, this book was checked out. By the same person? By the yeah, yeah, they never returned it. They had it was it was checked out in 1969. Okay, and they finally returned the book back to the library with over a thousand dollars worth of late fees. At the time, the late fees were five. I feel like that's low. Well, at the time, the the late fees were five cents a day, so it's five cents every day since then. So that's hence why it was like a little bit over a thousand dollars in late fees. Boy. So it. It's been just five thousand five cents a day for since then. Yeah, like it didn't so, cha- the so, late so fees it, it, didn't the, change. So the book was it was in Pennsylvania. Story takes place in Pennsylvania, and they were re- there was a, a copy of the book Beowulf was returned after fifty four years. The overdue book would have occurred nearly a thousand dollar in fines under the five cent per day policy back in the late nineteen sixties. In reality, we would love to charge the cost of the item since it's been gone for so long, which means the that means that the borrower would we would would owe ninety eight cents, which is how much it cost to purchase. In reality, we would like to charge how much it costs for the book, which would have been ninety eight cents, which is how much it would have cost to to buy that book. So did they, did. Did they end up just buying the book or they had so to pay the, the fees? The post said that the library has gone fine free. So who, so whoever borrowed Beowulf does not need to worry about any late fines. Wow. That's incredible. 
Well, I mean, why even why even bother returning it though at that point uh, after that long? I think it's cool. Like my wife has her. I mean, these are her col- her grandparents' college textbooks, you know, which I, I kind of hate because they're kind of heavy and just like they just kind of take up space. But they are special to my wife. But, you know, they're but they're they're like books that they bought. You know, they're not ones from the library, but there's some sort of sentimental value to it because you see like for her, they say San Diego State University because that's where my wife went. Her grandparents went. So there's some sentimental feelings. But, yeah, like at the end, it's like. Hey, you know what? And it looks it's a really nice old cover of Beowulf. That's kind of worth keeping, I think. That's what I was going to say. I was like, why would you even like I would just keep it at I, that point. I think I I went to a used bookstore and I found like a 100-year-old copy of Hamlet and like I, I got for like $2 and I needed it for work for school. I just bought it. I tore that book up because it's very 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 fragile. Yikes. Is it that same library where you found the, uh, what was it, uh, like Guide to Female Sexuality or something? Uh, Remember that place? So that was a bookstore that you were there, right, Colin? We went to a book. Yeah. We went to a bookstore in Julian, Cal- in Julian, California, little mountain town in the San Diego region, where there was like this. It was just an old used bookstore, and there was a book in there about like discovering women, feminine feminality, and all this stuff, and. I was like, that is <laughs> an interesting book that I will not be reading. And it was a huge book too. Like it was like it was thick. It was like yeah. It was like a foot. It was like a foot tall. It's like you know, like the the, the joke of like you know, understanding women book. You know, like you see that meme that's like super thick. You know, it's, it's just like yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I'm just kidding, guys. <clears throat> but that's really funny. All right, guys. Well, that's yeah, that's crazy. Like. I mean, definitely, like, I don't, I wouldn't even, oh, uh, I checked out this book 54 years ago. Oh, well, I guess this is my book now. Like, (laughs) I mean, unless, like, unless, like, if, if, especially if they, if no one's been, like, coming after me for the late fees, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a whore. Maybe, maybe that person is just better than me, but. (laughs) Yeah, keep it. Might as well. It's a nice book. It's Beowulf. It's kind of nice. It's a classic. Yeah, it's like an, it's an antique at that point. You've probably paid enough in late fees already to just own the book. So why would you? Why would you take it back? Right. Especially if the if if, if the book would have just cost ninety eight cents back in the day. Beowulf probably only costs like ninety eight cents today. I could probably download it for free. <laughs> <laughs> I can have it read to me on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> or Spotify. Oh, Be- oh, Beowulf. No one reads that shit. Hear it for free. <laughs> Is that? I'd rather just watch the movie. I think Angelina Jolie's in it. Yeah, I think you can kind of see her boobs in it. Like there's, like computer animated. <laughs> CGI boobs. If I remember right. I'm, I'm just... If I remember right. <laughs> CGI. <laughs> I don't remember. I. I remember, I think, yeah, she was just, wouldn't she look like weird, like, snake or something? She looked like some weird creature. Man, we are off the rails. We're talking about CGI boobs. All right. um, Welcome to the podcast. All right, so we are going to take, we are going to take a break, and we will be right back. back 
today we decided to talk about like it's something that's been in the in you know the the news and the cultural zeitgeist as of late you know when it comes to um church and um certain faith leaders that um have been around for a long time um kind of like losing losing um their footing and having the ground kind of come crashing down underneath their feet um and you know rightfully so um like we had just a few examples like we had mark driscoll in uh like 2016 2017 um unfortunately he's still around but it's with a you know a different church in in arizona um you had more recently we had like um Carl Lentz, who um, was fired from Hillsong, New York, um, and now he's kind of back in back in business at Transformation Church in Oklahoma City. Um, but today, like we're gonna, we want to focus on like one of the big players in the I don't know the the Christian mainstream. Um, you might have heard of him, might have not. Um, Brian Houston, uh, who is the, I don't know what you call him, the senior pastor of Hillsong. So, yes. In, um, yeah. Don't just Australia call him the senior pastor. The you got to remember he's the global senior. Senior global he pastor. Global, <laughs> senior global pastor. Global senior pastor. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I believe it was his dad who founded the church, and then he took it over and kind of helped make it what it is, right? And and so, listeners, if you're not familiar with with his story uh there was some stories came out of him about brian's father um you know having inappropriate relationship with minors with children and that brian who was then the pastor of the church um did not do his moral duty of reporting situations like that to the authorities um there was a lot of stories there was also controversies about him having inappropriate relationships with female members of the staff. And even now we have even Mike Bickle, who is, if you guys aren't familiar, Mike Bickle, he's the founder of IHOP, not the restaurant chain, but the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, um, in which he also had inappropriate relationships with women um, with throughout his, his career. Um, and these things are coming to light. And the biggest thing that kind of sparks this con- this conversation today is, that a few weeks ago, Brian said that he is going to be coming back to an online ministry and almost starting the momentum of preaching again, getting back into that environment of teaching and leading people, um, whether it's electronically, but possibly in the future in in person. Um, So we want to kind of have that discussion. It's like, do disgraced or fallen pastors, should they be able to return to ministry? Um, and this is an interesting topic just because I am very, I am one for one is we, I know that we are, and I'm, I've included been in myself where I put people on pedestals and you like them and you adore them and you respect them. And then you see them fall. And these are people that are supposed to lead and inspire you, but they're human. So let's, this is an interesting conversation. Let's chat. Yeah, first off, I want to say like you know, no one is no one is perfect, but also like 
when you, you know, we have a senior pastor uh, among us right now. And I think Daryl would agree that, you know, when you are a pastor, you know, you're kind of put onto, um, I guess, a pedestal, you know, you're put on to um, a higher, like you're put to a higher standard than kind of just normal people around you because, you know, you're representing the kingdom of God. You're representing, um, you know, from a pulpit, you know, who, 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 uh, you know, depending on what your, your stream of faith is, like who God is, um, you know, so it's important that you, you live to, you know, a higher standard and how, um, the Bible, uh, calls pastors and, um, faith leaders to live. Um, so that being said, like, I'm, I'm definitely, um, on the side of like restore, rest, I don't know, you might've heard this before, but restore the soul, not the role. Um, you know, people like, you know, recently, like we, like we were just talking about Carl Wentz. Um, I, I definitely hope that he, um, like his, his self, um, and his relationships with his wife and his kids and, you know, people that he hurt can be restored and, um, have been restored, but I definitely don't think that he should be a leader of a church again just because you know when people have those sort of tendencies especially like when like like a narcissist doesn't doesn't ever like really stop being a narcissist you know what i'm saying so like like people in like they they, they don't have the ability to change yeah, like a nar- like narcissistic tendencies, like that's just it's who they something, are. Like, yeah, it's who you are. It's who they are in their brain chemistry. Like that's why, like you know, uh, psychopaths and sociopaths, like that's you just are. You just are that way because of how your brain is. And you know, hopefully, if you're aware of those things, and if you're aware that you are, or if you've been diagnosed um with something like that like you take the steps to you know um be as as like be as be as little of that type of person as possible um it's just it's it's hard when someone who has built up such a um a career over the last like I don't know, however many decades, three, three, four decades that Hillsong has been around um, to just kind of like, and of course, like everybody still had every, everyone in that, in those uh, circles, they're still going to have their, their supporters, but, and you can't necessarily fault those people, but it, it, just the like the lack of accountability is is very troubling because I I know that Brian Houston specifically 
didn't really have a lot, if any, accountability for um, the things that he he had done and the things that um, he had covered up with that his father had done. And, you know, it was kind of just like, um, you know, the devil is attacking us and our church and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, so I definitely um, think that this is kind of a it's a sticky it's a sticky topic, you know. And I I probably shouldn't even really be commenting on this type of stuff because you know uh, it's 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 just that difficult, especially like when you're in in the world, you know, and you're you're part of that that system or that machine. But like, I, I think about, um, you know, obviously the two that come to mind as we're talking about this are, are Carl Lentz and, and Brian, Brian Houston. Right. Um, and it might be that they're from the same movement, you know, but one of the things that sticks out to me is I was kind of researching this and looking into a little bit of it is, and I don't know how genuine it was, but like Carl Lentz at least apologized for the stuff that he did for the most part. Like he, he admitted to doing things that were wrong to, to violating like the qualities of an elder or a pastor that are described in the, the pastoral epistles in the new Testament. Um, and, and he owned up to a lot of it. I don't know that he owned up to everything, but he owned up to a lot of it. And I can say with pretty sincere, certainty that I have not seen an apology from Brian Houston about anything. Um, and some of it, you know, maybe he doesn't need to apologize for, like he was, he was found to be not criminally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, guilty. Yeah. He was found not guilty. Like he criminally, he didn't do anything wrong. Um, now that doesn't mean he did it all right either, but, you know, at the same time, you know, but to that effect, whole... with that situation, with that situation was regarding him failing not to report his father. Since then, we've learned that I believe there was like, at least on one occasion where he made an advance to somebody when he was drunk at a hotel to a staff member. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm not even yeah. talking about that. I'm just talking about the, the criminal charges because that was where a lot of this started, right? was that he was going to be brought up on criminal charges. And so he was going to take like a sabbatical. And then some of this other stuff started coming out. Um, and you have to kind of keep that in mind. And, and you know, it's just a really hard, it's a really hard line to walk. And it's really difficult to be in those type of situations. Like, this is not an excuse for Carl, for Brian, for anybody, for Mike Bickle, anybody that's fallen into that system. Um, but some of the some of the issues that we're seeing right now with pastors are not are they're a result of the fallibility of people, but they're also a result of the fallibility of the system. Like if you go to a church that doesn't have an accountability structure for your your staff, like if there's nobody that can hold the senior pastor accountable, then that's a very scary situation and you should probably find a different church to attend. Like I, I, I am responsible to lay people that are part of my congregation. 
Like, I don't have the final say. I don't get to make decisions. I am responsible to meet a certain set of standards that are laid out by lay people. And if I don't meet those standards, then they're communicating with our denomination saying, hey, our pastor's not living up to, to what he's supposed to be doing. And there's accountability there. And so if you're in a system where there is no accountability, that's, that, that is just as bad in some ways as, as superseding accountability. You know, some of it is the system. And no offense to either, you know, I know that you guys both kind of come from that background, but, you know, that's especially prevalent I've seen in, in like, kind of the, the spirit-led Pentecostal type movement where these pastors kind of become like the, they become the, it's like hero worship almost, you know, that you see on a certain level. Yeah, we've, 100%. We've, we've, talked about, we've talked about it before you know, um, different pastors, different things. And there's just a lack of accountability structure in a lot of churches like that. Um, and so, you know, some of it is the system that doesn't, that doesn't make excuses for cheating on your wife. It doesn't make excuses for, um, using drugs for, for creating a celebrity culture around yourself and not being active with your people in, in, you know, really just being a motivational speaker rather than an actual shepherd or pastor. Um, but part of that is the part of the brokenness is the system as well. And to that, Daryl, I agree because we have, I would say probably, uh, and this is really tough to say, but I think I personally think about 80% of the churches have senior leaders don't have accountability. And that is because I know this because I've been on staff at a few churches. Um, I've been on staff at a church where, where you're supposed to elect, you know, people to your board, but there's only one candidate. There's no other people. And there's, it was just, do you want this person to be a board member? Yes. No. It was a simple. Yes. Everyone voted. Yes. Like, well, there's no, there's no opposition. And I've also been on the, I've been a board member where I got to serve, um, where I was elected on as a board member with other candidates. And, you know, when, when I was asked to, to about to be a nominee, I said, you know, I told the senior pastor, just know I'm not a yes man. And when I was there, you know, for the most part, we that we were yes people because as a we were we were more of a advisory board rather than a governing board, because whatever the whatever the senior pastor decided, we just he convinced us to, yeah, let's vote it. And then there were some things happening with the senior pastor that came to light. Um, you know, and things that would, 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 you would, people would say would disqualify him from leadership. And he, ha he eventually had to step down. And because we as a, also as a board, we're not doing our due process and governing like he, this pastor does not get to make the final decisions. We get to make the final decisions. That is why we're there. We weren't governing. We were just advisory, but we really, we were just echoing whatever the pastor sold us because he was telling us he was, he was selling something. And, <clears throat> and, you know, I think every church should ask who your board members are, find out. And I remember the day that I stepped off from the board and someone else took my seat. I had, after I'd served my term, I, I went up to the person that took over from me and I said, don't be a yes person, question everything, ask a million questions. And if you don't feel comfortable, don't vote for things, but that is your job. Being a board member, you have to ask, because there's a lot of things that happen or get discussed behind the scenes that the church doesn't know about. And, and, and 
personally, I love politics and I loved it. Like it was, it was the most emotional piece of me when, when transitioning of a senior pastor, I would still be up to 3am, no sleep. Because just thinking of thinking because all the decisions that we made impacted our our friends and people we did life with. I'm, I'm here. I am 27 years old, helping guide the church, and it's it's a really uncomfortable position to be in. <clears throat> and but churches, you need to you know if you're listening to this and you attend a church, find out who your board is. Find out the read the bylaws in churches. Learn how to be. Learn how you can help the pastor whether it be in a support group, being there for them, but also helping making sure that there's accountability because church pastors should not have complete total free reign of their churches. The fact that I know Daryl says he has lay people. Those are people in his congregation that work, that go to work, you know, for the most part, Monday through Friday. And they give like they, they're tithing members of the church that are there to govern, to help govern him. And he's also accountable to other pastors as well. So if you're listening to this we, podcast, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, our the denomination I'm from has a whole accountability structure for pastors. Um, and there's there could be conversations about whether that extends to... Because the denomination I'm from, we have, we have, we have positions that are above pastors. We have bishops and stuff. And there could be conversations about what level of of oversight there is for those people but as far as like your average local church pastor like we are accountable to boards we actually don't have a voting power when it comes to business decisions in the church so i can i can give my opinion but i don't have a vote when it comes to deciding like what our budget's going to be or if we're going to hire a staff person or um you know how we're going to spend a certain amount of, of money or what we're going to do to fix our property. Um, that's all governed by boards made up of people who attend the church. And I'm there to advise them and to help lead them and to remind them ultimately, you know, kind of of our spiritual responsibilities of stewardship and things like that. But ultimately they're the ones that make the decisions, you know? Um, and so it, it, every church structure is different. But if there's not some level of accountability, you know, in your bylaws to hold your senior pastor accountable, there's not some financial transparency where you can you can ask to see the finances of the church at any time, um, you know, then then there's other questions that need to be asked. But yeah, there should definitely be some sort of accountability. Yeah, like <clears throat> like Jorge and I, I mean, and I'm. I've separated myself pretty much completely from like the charismatic um, uh, stream of church. Um, but Jorge and I both come from the same church where it was very charismatic and kind of just kind of uh, fly by the seat of your pants um, type of way of doing things. Um, and, you know, there, there was a board quote unquote, but uh, kind of like Jorge was describing, it was just like, oh, well, you know, this person, there's no one running against him. Do you want him to be a board member? Yes or no? Uh, it was the same people board every mem- year. It was like the same five people just cycling through. Yeah, and then they're all like yes board people. member. Yeah, they're all yes men and board members kind of just like uh, 
by name, you know, like in for appearances, um, because in like the charismatic world, like the pastor is so like highly, uh, respected and respected and regarded. And like, you, you can't, that's that's the best word for it. Like, yes, that is, that's it. That is thrown around all the time. If you question anything like, Oh, well, you know, he is God's anointed. So, you know, we can't, you're going against God if you're questioning the pastor. So I've got, I've got two things that are popping up into my brain. First of all, I'm just going to call this for what it is. If you're in a church where they're talking to you about the Lord's anointed and not laying hands on the Lord's anointed, let's just call that what that is. That is just bad theology. That comes from First uh, and Second Samuel where David refuses to uh, get rid of Saul as the king of Israel because he's the Lord's anointed. And David tells people multiple times, no, we're not just going to kill Saul. Because he's the Lord's anointed and we're not going to, you know, yada, yada, yada. That doesn't mean that Saul should have been the king. It doesn't mean that Saul wasn't doing bad things. What that meant is that David was trusting in God's plan and for God's plan to be revealed. It had nothing to do with Saul and Saul's character and not questioning the king. It had everything to do with following through on God's plan. (laughs) And so if somebody is using that against you, that is nothing other than spiritual abuse, and you need to call it for what it is. It's bad theology, and you need to flee. Well, it's super that like it's culty as too. Fast as you can. Like that's a that's yeah, yeah. Like that's when you know the group that the church. That's when it starts becoming and looking like a cult. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's a whole another rabbit yeah. hole in conversation, but like, anyway, it's kind of centering back to. Can can I say one can I can I pose one question before we move on? Sure. Yeah. So this is just from a practical standpoint. Um and and I get where everybody's at and and I feel bad that I'm the pastor saying this, but it is what it is. Um can can you can you guys think of another job? I mean, you're the Lord's anointed, so. Uh yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Can can you guys <laughs> think of another job? <laughs> Can you think of another job where you have one screw up and it could cost you your entire career? Like you spend thousands of dollars to go to school to get a graduate degree and then you screw up one time and you're done. Is there any other job like that? I think if you're like a doctor or a doctor, maybe Uh, (laughs) I don't think so. A surgeon, surgeon. You have insurance. They have insurance for a reason. I was gonna say. I was gonna say the president. I was gonna say the presidency, but we know how (laughs) how much that guy got away with, and everybody else before him. Let's let's just say. Yeah. Let's just let's let's just say it's it's not like making a a mistake like killing somebody on the operating table, but it it's a moral thing. Like it's, you know. you know, you're a you're a Wall Street investor, and you show up, you, you go out, and you get drunk, and you get a DUI. You know, does that cost you your job? You know, you're you're a doc, even a doctor. You know, and you're out driving one. Some night people, yes, get... if 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 they have to drive. So, like, you know, some 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 jobs, yes, but but Daryl, like, with your being said, like, like, let's just say we have a pastor who 
you know, has an affair. Okay. It's a one-time thing, but if it's, if it's a multiple thing that keeps happening and then there's a history or a pattern of, of this abuse, um, you know, that's where, that's where things get shady. I, I personally know of, of somebody who had moral failure as a pastor, youth pastor, um, ended up divorcing his wife, marrying the person he had an affair with, um, and is now a senior pastor. You know, they don't hide it. They 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 know what they did was wrong, and you know, and to be honest, he he took a lot of shit. He took a lot of crap. He 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 spoke up against the senior pastor when he was back in involved in in a church and ministry he spoke up to a senior pastor and said and, and i even encouraged them to tell him that i don't think you're qualified to be a pastor you know and then had him fired and you know thankfully now he's a pastor a senior pastor of a church um so i believe that there is hope and redemption it, it but it's those it's those people that are that have that the the ego the you know the thing that they feel they can get away with it and they keep going and like okay here's a few affairs here's a little bit of embezzling here's th like things that things that can add up because there is no accountability for them yeah i think that there's definitely something to say like and we probably it's not good to like categorize sin per se but when we start talking about like breaking the law when we start talking about like abusing people which a lot of states have laws against adult clergy abuse whether it's you know emotional or physical or sexual um you know when we start talking about exploiting people and and hurting people in the process you know that's that's a to me that is something yes that is disqualifying because in some ways it speaks to a significant need for therapy, to a significant need for a restructuring of your theology. Uh, it speaks of your deficiency in your own relationship with God. Um, and uh, it's, it's something that, that is really challenging. It, it's, yeah, it's just a fine, it's a fine line and I, I don't, I say this as the pastor trying not to be this guy, but it, it's also, you just have to look at it and think about it from the perspective of like very few jobs in the world, you know, have that same level of stress, that same level of, um, you know, kind of you screw up once and you're out type of thing. Now, if there's unrepentant, continuous unrepentant sin, continuous, just unrepentant, evil behavior then we've got a different issue but you know it's just a hard uh, it's a hard determination to make yeah that's a good point i mean uh this is a little bit off topic but not and we can kind of end with this but i remember like hearing about the um the, the statistics of pastors that um like during the pandemic that either quit their job, like quit ministry completely, or um, like commit suicide, committed suicide because of, um, you know, how stressful their, that job is and how much of an emotional toll 
it can take. Um, you know, by no means does the stress of a job absolve um, any sort of choices that are made like that. Um, you know, but like, I just think that a lot of people and, you know, pastors, I just, I, I hope that pe- that pastors become kind of more aware of like the, the, um, like the duty that has been, you know, placed upon them and how much of, res- how much responsibility it does take, um, you know, because it's, it's awful when these things happen and, um, you know, and I, I, it, 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 it's just such a, like a, like, you know, do kind of, what am I trying to say here? Like, like y- y- you might be right, Daryl, in the fact that, you know, what other job is, you know, ha- you like, you're just kind of like walking on a tightrope, um, you know, that your whole time, um, in ministry, but like, I feel like, you know, that's kind of like in, in the job description, essentially, you know, like, um, you know, you don't, a- you don't, you don't, you don't necessarily ask for the scrutiny. You don't ask for the, um, to be the person in you, you know, and that's why you, uh, surround yourself with people that, you know, can help you in a board and, um, you know, assistant pastors that, you know, uh, can help you where you fall short. But, um, I just think that the, I think that in the last maybe, I don't know, 10 years or so, like, I just think that the role of pastor has become so like, like it's not taken seriously, you know, if you know what I mean, like, um, especially in like the celebrity pastor uh, arena, like the, that whole culture, you know, just being, thinking that you can get away with, with, with anything and you're not held to a higher standard because, you know, I'm the guy on, on TV and, um, you know, things like that. I don't know, last thoughts were kind of running long. You know, and I just want to say this just to kind of end. You know, if you attended local church, especially if you attended mega church, I feel like um you know, questions to ask is what what kind of what does accountability accountability look like for, for your pastor? You know, what do I, I kind of like some reading bylaws and stuff and you know, how much power does a pastor have within your church? You know, do they, are they a celeb- do they get treated like a celebrity pastor? Are they humble? Do they, do they have a person follow them around holding their Bible and their coffee? Because I've seen that in churches. My old boss was like that. You know, he had people like serving him to whatever end. And, and to me, that was, I thought it was abusive. Cause I Armor think a person mirrors. should be able to, <laughs> yeah. You know, you should be able to carry your own Bible, your own journal, your own, you know, you can drive yourself places. You don't need someone else to drive you. Um, 
and I just thought that was personally I thought that was manipulative. Um, you know, just ask questions. And if you see that at your church, just question it. Look into it. One hundred percent. Yeah, right, I definitely well, carry my own Bible and, and my own coffee cup. Good. What what's in the coffee cup? Uh, depends on the day. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Sometimes it could be. Sometimes it it could be tea. Sometimes it could be uh, cranberry, winter spice, Sprite. Uh, other times it's uh, the the reformed pastor in me comes out and it's just straight black coffee. Um, you just never know. That's reformed black coffee with nothing in it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. uh all right anyways so we're running a little bit long but um that is another installment of the what are we even doing here podcast you want to you want to take us out jorge sure thank you so much for following us on social media and if you haven't yet please leave us a a review we really appreciate it uh daryl thank you so much for jumping on kind of last minute and and being a part of this uh, we hope to have you back again and you know um you know especially with chris being here you know we we, we miss him and to be honest let's be honest man chris and daryl are going to be the voice of reason for a lot of the things because um i i just have a good way of navigating things but they're the voice of reason <laughs> they're the reason why that we do this podcast we bring no valuable content <laughs> But on that bombshell, thanks for joining us for another show. Tune in next week. Uh, Until then, I'm Jorge de la Cruz. I'm Colin Dunham. And I'm Daryl Dirty D. Arnold. (laughs) Thanks again, guys. We'll see you next time.